Hi, I'm Casey. And I'm Emily. And you're listening to A Sprinkle of Sugar, A Dash of Murder, a true crime podcast with an element of baking. Yes, and Casey, what did you cook this week? This week? (laughs) This week I cooked... No, I'm just kidding. Um, So this week we are talking... Well, actually, Emily wouldn't tell me anything about what we were talking about. She said that it was in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And um, then she kind of was like, well, it was in a Dutch home. So that's all I really had to work off of. Yeah. Um. So I, I went with Dutch. You know, I was kind of thinking Dutch ovens initially, and I was like, oh, <laughs> there's so much Dutch. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I don't... I don't have, like, one of those <laughs> pots that you make, like, Dutch oven things in. Yeah. Uh, so none of the really cool recipes really worked um but then i, th- I found these like re- this really cool website that kind of listed a bunch of traditional dutch meals that's awesome also in my google search when i searched uh dutch meals and to anyone that's dutch that's listening to this <laughs> um just to let you know i did not put this google search in it was already made <laughs> and some people can be mean i guess don't get offended by this uh-oh but the Google search, like, one of the first things that popped up was, why is Dutch food so bad? Oh, <laughs> and I was like, that's so no, mean. But I was, looking, <laughs> I was looking through it, and I could not, like, most of the food, I was like, I don't even know how, where to start with making this. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's not, I thought that there would be, like, more sweets, and I don't know. I don't really know what I expected. But anyway, I did find one meal. That was pretty interesting. Or just like a side dish, actually. Yeah. Called Hut's Pot. Um, so it's usually made in the winter. And, Which um, it is right now. Yes, exactly. So I thought that was kind of perfect. And it's really easy to make. All it is is um, boiled onions, carrots, and potatoes. And then you just kind of mash them all up together and add some salt and pepper. I added some garlic salt and bon appetit. They taste wonderful. It is really good. So it was actually, the the cool thing is this dish kind of has a history to it. Um, so usually the carrot that they use is a winter peen. It's a winter carrot, I guess. Um, As opposed to a spring carrot, I yes. suppose. I, I guess so. I mean, I don't know. Your I don't know carrots, your fall carrots, you know. <laughs> um, but anyway, I guess these ones are sweeter than usual. So, um, and then it's usually served with like a piece of beef. I was going to make meatballs, but that did not end up happening. <laughs> it was not a success. Um, let's see. So it actually originated all the way back to 1574. I guess uh, some Spanish troops were forced to leave the city of... I'm going to say this wrong, but <laughs> I think it's Leiden. After attempting to lay siege. Um, and then they left everything behind, including parsnips, carrots, and onions. So the people of Leiden were starving at the time, and they decided to take all that together, cook it all up, mix it together. And so then eventually the recipe is changed from parsnips to potatoes, and that is Mm. what people use today. And they actually commonly make it on October 3rd to celebrate the relief of the city. Wow. So... I think that's actually a really cool history. We're a history podcast now. Yes. A history of food. <laughs> exactly. No, but I like that story. I'm glad exactly. you said that. Yeah. So, Hut's Pot. It's good. Uh, it is good. pretty yummy. Yeah, we're eating it right now. All right. So, will you finally tell me about this murder? Yes. Actually, um, so this case is kind of dubbed the Watcher House. And um, oh, yeah. Wait. Also, when you first... Sorry. Oh, yeah. When you first told me this... <laughs> I thought you kept saying Walker, yeah. and then you'd correct me and be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, okay." So the Walker House. <laughs> like no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Start yeah. Over. Okay. Yeah. So this is the Watcher House. Oh my God! Now I almost <laughs> said Walker. Oh my God. This Who is are? not even morning. We should. Be I know. Functioning. Okay. Oh. Okay. So this case is actually. Um, I don't want to say lighthearted because it's not. Um, what this family goes through is like terrifying and really scary, but there's actually no murder this week. Nobody oh, died. Oh, good. So this is a case of like extreme stalking this Oh. Week. So I thought we'd switch it up. We did We did a pretty uh, gruesome one for Thanksgiving, and then we did a really tragic yeah. and also gruesome one. So I was like, 
let's scale it back a little bit. I think that's a good idea. But this is still a little true crime podcast, so I mean, it's not great, but yeah. This is very interesting. I'm excited to hear about it. All right. So this um, happened in Westfield, New Jersey in 2014. Derek and Maria Broadus bought their dream home in June 2014. And yeah, like Casey said... It was a Dutch colonial home that was $1.3 million. Yeah, it's a, it's this big, fancy house. This neighborhood that they live in, 657 Boulevard, is, um, or I think that's the street, but the neighborhood is like this very fancy mm-hmm. neighborhood. Um, Westfield was listed in 2014 as one of the 30 safest communities in the country. Oh, wow. And their medium income of the neighborhood is $159,000. So people who are like, well, well off. Yeah. You know. um, actually, in 1970, a man, we might cover this case later, but um, a man named John List lived in that neighborhood and he murdered his wife, mom, and three kids in his home. But since then, I guess it's been a safe neighborhood. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And I, isn't it like we know a John Lewis yeah. from high school? <laughs> that was the first thing I said. I thought I was like, oh. Yeah, I was like, oh, you remember him. But then when you said something about murder, then I was like, maybe I should not mention that. Yeah. Um, John List. John, you're not a murderer. No. <laughs> anyway, so. what was I saying? Hmm. Okay, so Derek Broadus worked up to senior VP of an insurance company. So this neighborhood is mostly, um, this kind of comes in later, but just to preface this, this neighborhood is mostly like old money and they're kind of a new money kind of family. So that comes into play a little bit later. So they bought the house in June and they started renovations to move in with their children who were five, eight, and 10 years old at the time. So... A few weeks, I think, after they started renovations, they're not moved in yet. Um, They just come to the house, you know, like you do, renovating. And a letter appeared in their mailbox. Um, And at the time this first letter was found, Derek was at the house painting um, by himself. And he just went out to check the mail because they had some stuff starting to, like, come to that address. Um, and it was in a white envelope and it's handwritten and it's addressed to the new owner. And this is what the first letter says. So these letters, before you start, okay. I was just going to say that if I had a letter from that, I'd be like, this is so, I'm I'm anticipating it not being a very good letter. Uh huh. We'll see though. But I'd be like, this is so Nice. So I know. Friendly. So welcoming. So welcoming to the neighborhood. All yeah. Right. Now tell kind me. Kind of like it. those kindly neighbors who brought you cookies one time. Exactly. They if were good was, cookies. Yeah. And that was a nice note they wrote as well. Yeah. Okay. So you'd think it's one of those. And it kind of is, okay. but then All it gets right. weird. Okay. okay. So these um, letters are kind of long, and I'm going to read the whole thing, but I'll like break it up a little bit. So, So this is the first letter. Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. How did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force within? 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now. And as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched it in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. I see that already that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Tisk tisk tisk. bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. So that's not the whole letter, but just, um, so clearly someone's been watching them already. And, um, yeah, it starts out like, oh, welcome. You, you messed up. I messed it up. Right. Tisk, tisk. Yeah. 
Who is this guy? Who gave this guy the authority? Literally. I'm, I'm very intrigued. I don't know. Someone did, because he... <laughs> who gave him the authority? He's like, I've been put in charge. So, like... Who put you in charge? Exactly. Really? It's like, why are you assigned mm, to this? Okay. So, he, life. he continues by saying, you have children. I have seen them. So far, I think there are three that I have counted. More on the way? Question mark. <laughs> That's weird. I mean, this is all weird, but... <laughs> Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Ew. I asked the woods to bring me young blood, and it looks like they listened. And the woods are the previous, the last name of the previous owners. Oh, I was like, where are the woods? I know. He goes into Is the there woods. A forest? And he's like, oh, young blood. blood. Yeah. What weird phrasing on his, too. Young blood. And he'll say that a lot. So. Um, then he continues. Where was I? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family, or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. Who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look in all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I'm in one. Look out any of the windows in 657 Boulevard and all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. Welcome, my friend. Welcome. Let the party begin. Signed, The Watcher. So, you're just moving into a new house. You're like, ooh, this is our dream house. It's a fancy neighborhood. And then, like, boom, someone's watching you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, like, so, that is just... I don't know. I couldn't even imagine finding that in my mailbox. And it's like, uh, he's like, I'll call the children to me once I know their names. Well, like, that's like, that's like the most messed up part. Like, mess with me. Okay, that's scary. Mess yeah. with my kids. Like, that's, yeah. that's a threat. Like, that, I mean, it's yeah. just messed up. So, yeah, that's just like, and um, this young blood becomes like an obsession for him. So, like, I don't know. It kind of, it's just like. What could you possibly, because he's like, I requested it. Like, what could you possibly mean by that? It's just. Right. I mean. Definitely concerning. And then, I mean, was he bothering the other family as much as he was bothering them? It's just, just this is, I, I have so many questions. I'm I know. I'm so excited to hear it. <laughs> so, Derek called the police after reading this Good. letter. Yeah. And he showed them the letter, but they said, well, this is a letter. This isn't anything that we could do you know yeah so the police basically just suggested locking up and not to leave any of the like renovation tools outside so that you know someone might use them that's basically all they could do so Derek went home and emailed they emailed the previous owners John and Andrea Woods okay and they were like um What's going on? Did you get a letter? Like, this guy mentioned you and said you brought them to us or whatever, right. you know? Um, and Andrea said they had lived there for 23 years. And the only time they ever got a letter was right before they were moving out. And they thought it was just like a prank. Because basically the letter was just said um, about the family history and like, thank you for watching the house. And that was the only contact they ever got by this, the watcher person. And so they didn't think anything about it. They thought it was just someone in the neighborhood, like, kind of wishing them, like, bye. So they threw the letter away. They don't have it anymore. Weird. Yeah. Okay. So Detective Leonard Lugo um, is kind of the head detective on this case as it goes forward. He advised... um, the Broadduses, not to tell anybody about this letter, especially the neighbors, because he's like, your neighbors are all suspects now. So mm. um, imagine moving in and you want to meet your new neighbors and become friendly with them. And they're all suspects of people who could possibly be terrorizing you. This is so much more worse than the kids looking through my windows. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like, oh I my have gosh. my own little watchers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, you do, though. Oh, God, eye contact I made. <laughs> anyway um so at this point the broadduses are on high alert maria kept her kids in eyesight at all times and they were like slowly becoming like super paranoid um and she said that even if the kids like wandered 
in a around a corner even for like a second if she couldn't see them she would just freak out and be like you need to come by me and yeah. i don't blame her because that's your your children yeah and the kids were probably too young to i mean i'm sure that they didn't want to scare the kids so they probably didn't yeah. tell anything about no, they it didn't. so they're just playing and being kids yeah and they probably think like oh why are you being so crazy mom i want to play yeah. you know because yeah you're right they didn't they didn't tell their kids any of this until later and they just spent so much money on a new house it's yeah. not like they can really they're kind of stuck at this point yeah so neighbors would come by just you know as normal neighbors do mm-hmm. like say hello and like oh my gosh look at these lovely renovations and stuff yeah. and they have they were advised by the detective to pretend everything's normal so they're just they're talking to all the neighbors but yeah. in the back of their minds they're like is it you you know right. and then <clears throat> one woman said at one of these like meetings in the neighborhood um it'll be nice to have some young blood in the neighborhood oh and it's that saying so Derek is like what what was that like it's and it's kind of a common saying like you know some people say it you know but um and it was a woman who said that and at this point I think they're kind of thinking it's like male I don't know why yeah that was my first well because he said his grandfather and his father so I would assume then it's gonna go to the next male I don't think they I Right, yeah. It's based off how it's been going down the family. Mm-hmm. So, that was just one instance. And then another neighbor, whose last name is Schmidt, told the Broadduses at, like, a neighborhood party about their neighbors, the Langfords. And Peggy Langford was 90 years old, but her adult children, who were, like, in their 60s, still lived with her. And they were considered, like, oddballs in the neighborhood. And they lived directly next to the Broadduses. And so they were, like, the odd family. But everyone said, like, oh, they're completely harmless. And they've been here a long time. But they're harmless. Hmm. And Michael Langford, who is Peggy, one of Peggy's sons, um, or his her only son, maybe, um, was described by one of the neighbors as a Boo Radley character. <laughs> So, Ooh, Radley. I don't know that. From, reference. like, um, To Kill a Mockingbird, the neighbor who was, like, oh. shut up in the house all the oh, time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Which, I mean, people usually say that as someone who's creepy, but, like, the whole point of that movie was that they were a very sweet, he was a very sweet person in the end, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and that's kind of what happens here, too. But, um... So, be, just because of this neighbor telling the Broadduses, like, oh, they're a little strange, the, um, Derek instantly thinks it's them who's, who have sent the letter. Um, Michael had schizophrenia and was socially awkward, but one neighbor said he got the newspaper for him every morning and was, like, a very sweet person, and they were like, it couldn't possibly be them. They're, like, sweet people. But Derek is like, no... They're a suspect because they live right next door and everything. And I mean, I don't, I don't blame him for wanting to like come up with something, you know, like, oh, it's them. Like you want to find out, you know, so I don't, but most people, everyone else is like, no, it couldn't be them. But you know, yeah. So they tell Detective Lugo about the Langfords, and they're like, I think they could possibly be suspects. And Detective Lugo said, well, I'm aware of that family already. And he had already brought Michael in for questioning, and Michael denied knowing anything about it. And they let him go, because they didn't have enough for a confession. Yeah. And the detective was like, well, we can't arrest someone because they're weird. Yeah, you know, sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, have you ever? This is what I thought of. Have you ever seen the movie Hoodwinked? No. Oh, oh. yes, yes. That's the one. That's the cartoon one, right? Yeah. Yes, I remember you and Zoe used to watch it. A lot. Oh my god, I love that movie. And it's just like there's this one part where um, one of the cops in that movie was like, "Oh, we can't arrest people for being weird." And then one of the <laughs> other cops was like, "Oh." you know that guy we arrested earlier? The weird one? We better let him go. And, like, that's exactly <laughs> what I thought of. Like, it was just funny. Um, anyway. So, two weeks after that, um, Maria went to the house to see paint and, like, 
to check out what the, you know, progress. And she checked the mail. And there was another letter. So this is the second letter. Mr. and Mrs. Broadus. So now he knows their last name. Oh. And Broadus was spelled wrong. So it was, that gave the indication, like, he heard the name and is guessing how to spell it. Yeah. Okay. So they're close enough, so they're close enough to hear things. So it's either someone told him or, yes, or he heard it actually from his own their own mouth yeah i'm stupid why am i sounding so (laughs) stupid go on okay so it goes on welcome again to your new home on 657 boulevard the workers have been busy and have been watching you oh and i have been watching you unload carfuls of personal belongings the dumpster is a nice touch have they found what is in the walls yet in time they will so i guess there's something in the walls now that, I don't know, that's... I'm uncomfy. Right? I am pleased to know your names now, and the name of the young blood you have brought me. You certainly say their names often. <gasps> so, yeah! He's like... And I'm not going to say their names, but the, he addresses the children, like, by name <sighs> in this letter. And he starts talking about one of the girls... Um. Who was one day painting on an enclosed porch with an easel. And he said, is she the artist in the family? 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement? Or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. That is a threat, basically. Yeah. Yeah. You're saying they would never hear you scream. And he's addressed the children by name now in this letter. So, And that easel, too, mm-hmm. is like, like I said, it's an enclosed porch. And they'll find out later, like, through investigation, like, there is no way you could see that spot unless you were, like, super close to the house or, like, right next to the house. What? Yeah. So, it's not a... It's on a porch, but it's not a porch that you can see from the street or anything. Where is this... Like, it must be a neighbor. Yeah. It must be someone that's living in in the house, like, right next door. So, is this, like, a back porch or is this a front of porch? It's a back porch, I believe. So or I wonder a side if they're, porch. Like, surrounded by other houses and, like, you could just pick from, like, the f- four or five houses that can see your house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it goes on. Will they sleep in the attic or will they all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It would help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. <gasps> plan what? What can he plan? Uh? I know. And, like... Clearly, this person knows the layout of the house very well, and they know there's a basement and an attic with, like, room for a bedroom up there and stuff like that. So, I don't know. It's just, it's very, very creepy. My guess, it's one of the people that's that grew up in the neighborhood, and then they inherited the house or some something like that, and so then they grew up playing in the house, and so they know the yeah. house pretty well. Like, that's the only way I can think of, because, like, when your friend, like... Like, I, I feel like I know your childhood house, or I know all my friends' childhood homes better than my parents, like, even though they were friends with your parents, mm-hmm. knew your old house, you know? Yeah, like So I feel yeah. like kids go through every little, into every little room, mm-hmm. you know, like playing hide-and-seek or just running around being kids. Yeah, exactly. More than just adults. Yeah. So that makes me think that he was there as a kid, and he knows it from that, mm-hmm. is my guess so far. Go on. Okay. (laughs) All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the watcher and have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. So now he's implying, the Woods have said we never got a letter. And now he's implying like, yeah, I asked them to sell it to you. Or to someone, you know? Uh, I pass by many times a day. 
657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession, and now you are too, Broadus family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard, and it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I will be watching. The Watcher. This guy has some serious yeah. psychological You're saying issues. this in-house is your entire life? Like, he's dedicating... He's clearly dedicating a lot of time to just watching this house. And he has no affiliation with the house as far as we know so far. So right. why would he be so obsessed with it? Is yeah. it just one of those things that one day he was passing by and just got fixated and decided to, like, focus all his energy on that because he has nothing better to do? Yeah. I guess. I just want to know. And then that comment, like, greed brought you guys to me. So I'm thinking, like, I don't know. It kind of makes me think he's disdainful of, like, this rich family that's able to Mm -hmm. own the house. And, like, a jealous person, like, Mm -hmm. who could never afford the house. You know? I don't know. But it's an odd comment. After the second letter, the... Um, Derek and Maria decided to never bring the house, the kids again to the house, which, yeah, smart idea. Um, like while the renovations are going on, yeah, they have, right. they're still moving in at this point. So, um, but because like he's saying, I'm going to be watching all the time. He knows them by name now in this letter. I think it's a good move not to bring the kids around, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then they stopped coming very often, too. They just had, like, their contractors and workers at the house, like, to continue renovations, but they didn't come by that often. Um, and at this point, they're thinking it was someone who had put an offer on the house and didn't get it. Oh. Okay. And it's a very valuable and coveted house in this community, so mm-hmm. they're thinking this person is jealous that we got it and they didn't. So they contacted the Woods again, to ask about other, like, potential buyers that they talked to. And the Woods family said one buyer backed out because of a um, bad news on a medical diagnosis, and another had found another home. So it couldn't possibly be... Oh, my God. It couldn't possibly be a jealous person who wanted it that badly because they had, like, other priorities. Right. So then they start looking into their neighbors... And kind of start trying to trace the letters of, like, where are they coming from? Yeah. And the letters were posted in Kearney, I think is how you say it, which is nearby, the post office or town um, in New Jersey. And the first one was posted June 4th, which was before the sale of the house was even made public. And the Woods family had never even put up a for sale sign. So it wasn't known that they were selling the house at in, on June 4th and that's so then that you know leads to the thought that this person really has to know what's going on and is really watching if they know the house is being sold when it's not public knowledge and there are no for sale signs out or anything was it just that the woods were boring people and he didn't want to like like he wasn't interested in their lives was I, it because they're older and I don't know I think young blood it's like I think it's um the, that the Broadduses are doing renovations. And oh. I think this person doesn't like that the house is changing and stuff. Um, that's really the only indication. Only thing that's different this time of why to me. Um, so Derek and Maria are hearing from the police, like, we can't really do anything. These are letters. So they're like, well, we're going to start our own investigation. Good. So they start, like, really going at it. They get maps of the neighborhood. They put up a huge security system around the house, cameras, everything. Um, They hire a private investigator. And the private investigator staked out the neighborhood and made background checks on everybody in the neighborhood including okay. the langfords who were the broadest's like suspects you know that odd family mm-hmm. um and then derek reached out to former fbi agent patricia kirby who um it was she was actually the inspiration for clary starling in silence of the lambs so oh. she's like legit awesome FBI, yeah. <laughs> and he knows her because they 
were friends, um, they were like on a board of trustees together for something. So he's got connections to Mm -hmm. the FBI. And then he also reached out to another FBI agent, Robert Lenahan, I think is how you say it. And the two of them were looking at the letters and these two FBI agents concluded that based off of like the letters and what they could like get from them, that it was probably someone who was older based on like the way it was written and like the language that was used and the handwriting and they used like double spacing in the way that was it was addressed um which i guess gives off like an older feel like the fbi know what they're saying so um you know that's cool it's like yeah they were able to analyze all that yeah and take that from get that from what they're writing that's really i I would like to um, know more about how they do that i know me too i actually find that super fascinating and then they also said that the letters had a literary feel and the lack of profanity in these letters stood out because normally an angry person would like write a bunch of you know right letter or letters write a bunch of like you know curse Swear words and stuff yeah. but there's none and this person is kind of like eloquent with their words a little bit mm-hmm. you know like being careful with their words so I was kind of noticing that in the first letter that they wrote um especially just the, the way that they phrase things, especially in the beginning, like, yeah. when you're welcoming s- to someone to the neighborhood, you don't phrase, like, how did he... It's like, allow me to welcome you. Yeah, whatever, exactly. You know? like, yeah. It's just bizarre. It's, yeah, I don't know sure. why, though, like, but then, what year was this in again? 2014. Okay, so if he said his grandfather in the 20s and his father in the 60s... Yep. So, I mean, that would make him... I don't know. I, Who I, knows? He could be pretty... He could be older by that point, I guess, yeah. by 2014. Okay. All right. So, then the FBI agents also said they didn't think the Watcher would act on these letters. Um, but they did notice that spelling errors in the letters became more apparent when the he was he or she was writing about stuff that made them upset like the renovations like why are you changing the house stuff like that so they think um that leads them to the spelling errors because like that means you're writing quicker and like because you're upset you know yeah so they believe that um this person is concerned about the new money this because this family is new money coming into the neighborhood and changing up the old-fashioned house. That's what the FBI tells them after analyzing the letters. Wow. So, I think it's pretty... Just reading these letters, you can, like, gather that idea or possible yeah. motive. So... It's like Criminal Minds type. Yeah. Things. I really like to hear about that because it's just... A lot of the time, it's pretty accurate. I'm, I'm interested to see who they end up finding. Yeah. Okay. Go on. So, then, after all of that, a few weeks later... A third letter shows up, and this is after the kids have been, like, banned from the house, and they're not showing up so frequently now. So, now the watcher says, Where have you gone to? 657 Boulevard is missing you. The house is crying from all the pain it is going through. You have changed it and made it so fancy. <laughs> Which so kind of makes me fancy. laugh. I know. You are stealing its history. It cries for the past and what used to be in the time when I roamed its halls. The 1960s were a good time for 657 Boulevard when I ran from room to room imagining the life with the rich occupants there. So, ah, now this person is saying they were in the house and they ran around these walls and whatever. A child. Yeah, as a kid. Oh. So, it's like... Maybe they used to own the house, or he says, like, my grandfather watched in the 20s, blah, blah. Maybe they were, like, housekeepers of the house or whoever, because he's, like, imagining the life with the rich occupants. So it kind of becomes this idea that possibly it was caretakers who have worked in the house for a long time. That's a good thought. 
Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to, that it was someone that was, like, helping in the house. Yeah. If because, this person's to be believed, you know. Right. Like, I picture a kid running through the house, but if it's just such a nice neighborhood, I mean, where did this kid come from? And, like, where is right. this guy coming from? Yeah. And if, you know, if this person can't afford to live in this house, but they're watching the house all the time, are they just hanging out in this neighborhood? Or do they live there? Like, it's just very, like, kind of conflicting. Yeah ideas because i always think like i was thinking yeah it was a neighbor kid like it must be one of the neighbors they inherited the house like what i said earlier and uh-huh yeah running, like running through the halls so that makes sense but then you go into the fact that he's saying how rich they are and talking about mm-hmm. that then that confuses me but then where the heck is he coming from right yeah like the origin story is confusing yeah so he goes on the house was full of life and young blood. Then it got old, and so did my father. But he kept watching until the day he died. And now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine again. Which is so weird. Like, what young blood was yours before? Like, what are you right. talking about? It's, oh my gosh. But I feel like, I mean, they probably would know history of the house at that point. I and mean, the FBI yeah. involved, so like... Has anyone ever gone missing? Like, yeah. what families... I mean, they know the families that live there, but they even said the past three family. He knows the past three families mm-hmm. that live there. And the people, the Woods, lived there for 23 years. Yeah. Yep. So, so it's, they've it's been so watching weird. it for so long that I don't, I don't think they used to live there, is all I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know. And, like... I don't know what I was going to say. I'm going to move on. <laughs> 657 Boulevard is turning on me. It is coming after me. I don't understand why. What spell did you cast on it? It used to be my friend, and now it is my enemy. Because you're creepy, man. I know. Like, move creepy, on. spooky dude. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. It is not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and wait for it to be good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass and for you to bring me the young blood back to me. 657 Boulevard needs young blood. It needs you. Come back. Let the young blood play again like it once did. Let the young blood sleep in 657 Boulevard. Stop changing it and let it alone. So this is becoming more aggressive. Because he's like, come back, but I'm going to be watching you. He's (laughs) getting more emotional. Yeah. And I don't understand, also, why he's like, oh, come back, come back, come back, but stop, 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 changing right. the house. Like, what? what? I mean, I don't know. It's it's super weird. And he's like, I will rise again. Like, he's almost, like, who, what? panicked. Yeah, I know. This guy has definitely... Watch it be, like, a completely normal dude. Right. Like, that's just losing his... Sh- his mind on paper <laughs> yeah like i don't know it's just and this letter is kind of all over the house or all over the house <laughs> all over the place like it's he's talking about the history and then all of a sudden he's like this house is turning on me and like <laughs> yeah it's that is like total paranoia in my opinion no. it's like, super weird and i like how he always uses the address too just yeah that's how he addresses the house like come mm-hmm. on get you're so intimate with it give it a nickname yeah like, can't you just name it? Right. Like, he just calls it 657 Boulevard. Like, name it, like, Jerry or something. <laughs> Jerry? The house named Jerry. Jerry. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, you know what? This is also, like, just PSA. If you're buying an old house, please check into the history before you move in. Casey? Well, you knew it's history. <laughs> I though. knew it's history. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my family has owned this house for over a hundred years yeah so, so so you're good you're covered i know i was like if, <laughs> I, if anyone died in it then i'm related to them and right they, they probably wouldn't hurt you they won't haunt me <laughs> hello and then the only other well this person the person that built this house i think and this is just a cool history that i'm gonna go on a little tangent about okay his name is amos savage that's an awesome name i know that is Isn't an awesome name? best name so whenever i'm uh creeped out or anything i say hello amos <laughs> and i'm always i'm always amos was a good man he li- we're sitting in my house right now by the yeah. way he lived a very good life an honest life and he amos, had a great name and he did and he had a great beard he was, <laughs> he was a cool guy yeah i'll show oh, you wait, later wait i think is it 
The one that was like taped on your fridge. <laughs> was that him in that picture? No. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> no, I think that it was, was, like, was like a really old picture, so I just. Oh, okay. It. I think it was my relatives. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that was like the first relatives that built the house or oh, bought okay. the house, and then because they originally bought it from Amos Savage. So, so cool. he actually moved out. So he was actually okay, alive and well here. when he moved out. But <laughs> just in case yeah. he wants to come back. Exactly. We'll be nice to him. Yep. <laughs> All right, let's continue. All right, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So Michael Langford went in for a second interview after this. And n- again, nothing happened. He denied everything. They didn't, they don't have any evidence. Like nothing mm-hmm. except they lived directly next door, you know? Right. And his sister, Abby, accused the police of harassing the family, which they kind of are, you know? Yeah. But, like, in this in this situation where you have, like, no other suspects, of course, I understand, like, you're going to try and glom on to somebody. Right. But, yeah, this family is pretty much getting harassed at this that, point. That's wrong. That is wrong yeah. at the, in the end. Yeah. So, the Broadduses hired Lee Levitt, who is an attorney, and he met with the Langfords um, at this point and showed them photos of the easel that one, the daughter was painting. And he was like, so you see, you're the suspect because clearly you can only see this easel that's on the porch from your house. Okay. So, um, but the Langfords got pissed and they were like... It's not us. You need to stop, you know, bothering us. And we're not those kind of people. Our mom's 90. Leave her alone. So it kind of, you know, every time they try with this family, it goes nowhere. Right. But they keep trying anyway, which I would be pissed too. I mean, if it does end up being them, it does make sense too. Because even what he's saying, like, so he grew up in this place. Clearly, this guy's been here for a long time. He said he's in yeah, his yeah. 60s, right? Mm-hmm. So he's been there for so long. And also, he's obviously relying on his elderly mother in her 90s. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I take it. Like, they're, I took it as they're living with her still. Yeah. I mean, they're probably, And Abby lives there, too. Yeah, so they're probably taking care of her yeah but still living there and and so it's all her money still so i can almost see that as being yeah i mean this is all assumptions Mm -hmm. but i can i can almost see him then him being jealous because they're so much younger than him and they have so much more on their own rather than relying on yeah the older relative Mm -hmm. this is my yes this is my assumptions from what i'm I hope that I hear more about if I'm right or not. So, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know. No, <laughs> so, Maria starts having nightmares all the time and night terrors, and she had a rapid decline in mental health because she's so scared and paranoid. Um, and she starts seeing a therapist, and they and Derek is having like a really hard time too. Yeah, and they I think they both start taking like medication and stuff to help them, and they're trying to still renovate this house to move in, and their children don't know anything about this yet, like at all. So they're trying to hide like this rapid decline in mental state from their children too, and like I that don't is know, so it's hard. so hard. Yeah. And just, I mean, this just sucks for them because all they're trying to do is they clearly are moving into a new house that they just spent a ton of money on. They have all yeah. these exciting, happy plans in this really safe neighborhood. And then all of a sudden they're getting these terrifying letters from this random person. Yeah. Literally <laughs> threatening their kids by name. Mm-hmm. That's what's like. That would definitely and- cause you to break. Oh my gosh, I would lose my mind. Like mm-hmm. like I said earlier, threaten me all you want, but threaten my baby, who is not even born yet. Yeah. <laughs> I will come for you. I will cut you. <laughs> what is that from? Is that inappropriate? It's from, no, it's, uh, it's, um, <laughs> oh my gosh. SNL. It's that girl, right? I don't think it's SNL, but it's, it's a comedy skit show. I will cut you. Angelica, her name's Angelica something, and she has this character called, uh... Oh my god, I can't Janique. remember. No. I don't know what it is. But yeah, it's funny. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a funny skit. It's a skit. We're quoting a skit. Okay. <laughs> she always goes, I will cut you. She's really funny. Um, anyway. Okay. So, and they found their PI that they hired found out that there are two sex offenders within <gasps> a few blocks of them in this neighborhood. So, those are possible suspects. But again, there's no evidence against any of these people. So, and then the, the PI also found out the couple behind them had lawn chairs that they kept very close to the property and were directly facing the Broadus's house. Ew. And they could, like, sit these lawn chairs anywhere in this big lawn. And I guess just the way they were positioned was, like, looking at the house from behind and, like, I don't know. I guess yeah. it was, like, weird the way it was, like, set up and whatever. But my whole thing would be, like, if I was there, you know, you're looking back, you're looking out your windows all the time. You're going to see if some random person is sitting out in those lawn chairs staring yeah. at your house. This guy is clearly, I, as far as I know, he's probably hiding or something mm-hmm. more hidden. He wouldn't be that obvious because he's been like, I'm watching you. And they're clearly looking, if I were, if I were... Her, I'd be looking out the windows all the time. Yeah. And I would notice if there was just someone camped out in the back yeah. of their lawn staring at my house. And they they set up cameras and everything and they still can't find anyone? Like, that tells Bon Quee Quee. Bon that was her name. <laughs> it just came to me. Casey <laughs> was like, ah! How did you, how did you think of that? <laughs> Bon Quiqui, that's the name of the woman from the skit. Yeah. Oh my god. That was like I'm sorry, I just like nowhere. burst out of my mouth. I remembered it and before I forgot, I just said it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't even remember where we were now. Bon Quiqui. <laughs> okay. So Oh god. Okay. So there were no Bon Quiqui. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> trails and like no leads besides these couple weird people in the neighborhood you know so they closed the case by the end of the year but Derek started looking into um military trained like bodyguards and German shepherds to have around the house like all the time I get a big dog yeah and Maria at this point is diagnosed with PTSD so they're not they're not doing well mentally um and this whole time they haven't told anybody they haven't even told like their family because they were advised not to um by the police so their family um they sold their former home and have moved in with maria's parents at this point Mm -hmm. so they're still paying for the new mortgage on their house um and the renovations at this point um and it's just, like, this huge mess and there's no leads. Yeah. And so six months after the first letter, they put the house on the market. They were like, we are not moving in here. That's the final Good. straw. They threatened our kids. Like, I, they're now, they have PTSD. Like, there's no way they're moving into this house now. So they put it on the market for higher than they paid for it. But word had started to get out about this. Aww. Um. And so the house was, it was once like the big ticket house of the neighborhood, but now like people know about this. They don't want to buy the house. And they agreed to share the letters with serious buyers because they want to be open about it. Yeah. Um, And some people it told them like, hey, you shouldn't do that. You're kind of, you're telling people about these letters and you don't have to like legally. Yeah. Um, but they said they couldn't do that like, to somebody. Wrong. That is true. Yeah. So then that started to get them to be like, wait, hold on, hang on. Why didn't the Woods tell us when we were buying the house? So they filed a legal suit against the Woods for not disclosing the letter. Um, and they tried to do that quietly, but it ended up blowing up in the media. Oh, wow. So then local reporters heard about it, and it started to go viral, and there were reporters and news trucks and people camped out around the neighborhood everywhere, like, 
all the time. And this is going big and the broadest are like, we didn't want this to be out in the public. We haven't even told our kids about this yet. Yeah. So they don't want it out, but it's too late. It's It's gotten out now. So then the police decide to try a DNA test on the envelopes. Oh. And discovered that the DNA on it was feminine. So no way. Yeah. Plot twist. I know. This whole time they're thinking it's a guy. Yeah. They think <gasps> it's Michael. Is it? Maggie, Aggie, Abby. Abby. So it does go back to Abby. I mean, the DNA doesn't, but they think it's Abby now. Because she was a real estate agent. So people started to think that she was jealous about the commission on this house and that she wasn't able to sell it or something. Um, And she would have known when it didn't come out or that it was out of the market without like being publicly posted right yeah because she's a real estate agent so somehow um a body one of their bodyguards was persuaded to go to her work and sneak a water bottle that she had thrown away out of her trash to get dna isn't that wrong isn't yeah i don't think that's slightly i think that's slightly not legal (laughs) (laughs) i don't know um but they found out the DNA did not match. So after that, the Langfords were ruled out completely. They were like, it's not them. Wow. That yeah, fits after so all perfect. of that. Perfect. Yeah. Well, Ugh. Hmm? Oh, wow. So they started a new investigation and they started questioning the woods and they got DNA from Andrea and her 21 year old son now. So um, the watcher. They found out through this, the Watcher had sent a letter around the same time the Broadduses got their first letter to another family in the neighborhood. And this family also threw it out because they did not know the Broadduses were getting letters too. Because at oh, this point, okay. it's all hush-hush, you know, because this is around the time the first letter came to the Broadduses. Yeah. So they also thought it was just a dumb prank and they threw the letter away. And they weren't new to the neighborhood. They no, they had lived either. there a while. Yeah. Okay. So they threw it out thinking it was a prank but then when the media like blew up about this they were like oh maybe we should mention this to someone that we got something from the watcher but they didn't have the letter anymore and it was kind of just it wasn't threatening like the broadest's was it was kind of like what the woods letter had like thanks for being so great in the neighborhood you know so nothing came of that unfortunately um so detective chambliss i think is how you say it and a partner staked out the street, and about 11 p.m. one night, a car parked close to their van was suspicious. Um, and it led back to a young man who lived on the same block as 657, and he had an interest in dark video games, including one that had a character called The Watcher in it. Now, I am not a person who's like, video games will make you go crazy, or no. like movies, like, I don't believe that, okay? If you're gonna do that, you're gonna do it regardless. It's not, like, the content, you know, Right. But, I mean, it could have sparked an idea. Like, it could have sparked the name. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, So they start looking into this young man, and they asked him to come to an interview, but he wouldn't go. He didn't come. And then they don't have... It's just an idea, They don't have any evidence. They don't have anything. They can't force him to come into an interview. So the case is closed permanently at this point. Ah. So, flash forward 2017. um, Some renters move in to the house. Mm -hmm. So it's failed to sell all this time. And the boss has just decided to rent it out to somebody. And two weeks after the renters came in, the Broadus has received... A fourth letter. So after a couple of years, they've received nothing. Um, and then after the renters, because the, and the house has been empty all these years. But when yeah. the renters come in, a fourth letter is sent. And it says, you wonder who the watcher is. Turn around, idiots. Maybe you even spoke to me, one of the so-called neighbors who has no idea who the watcher could be. Or maybe you do know and are too scared to tell anyone. Good move. I walked by the news trucks and when they took over my neighborhood and mocked me. I watched as you watched from the dark house in an attempt to find me. Telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions. 
657 Boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the Boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my orders. All hail the Watcher. So he's basically kind of saying break. like, there's a bunch of people who are in on this with me. Ugh, I don't know. And then he goes on, kind of threat. He's like threatening them. Maybe a car accident, maybe a fire, maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away, but makes you feel sick day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet. Loved ones suddenly die. Planes and cars and bicycles crash. Bones break. And that's it. And so, I don't know. And I think what he, um, also I forgot to write this in my notes, what he's saying about like, 657 Boulevard survived your attempted assault and whatever, and the soldiers of the Boulevard follow my orders, blah, blah, blah. The Broadduses wanted to tear down the house, but the city wouldn't let them. So I think that's what he's referring to in the letter. Like, the city wouldn't let you, and he's referring to the city as, like, because it's this big, famous historical house, so they weren't allowed to tear it down. Um... I think that's what the letter refers okay. to. Okay, I was thinking that it was related to, um, like, them doing renovations and everything on the house. Yeah. It's it's like that, too, I think, but yeah. Okay. Um, so, and that was the last letter, and the Bras has never received anything after that. Um, the house officially sold in July 2019, um, they bought the house for $1.3 million and it sold for $959,000. Wow. So they had a loss of like $400,000. Plus all the renovations they put into it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and then the new owners have said they've never received anything from the watcher. Never. This is still a mystery. No one has <gasps> ever come forward about it. No one's ever confessed to being the Watcher. There have been no other letters since that fourth one to anybody. Some people think the Broadduses made it all up. But... What? I I think that is extremely unlikely. Like, Maria was diagnosed with PTSD. Yeah. And they did eventually tell their kids about it and... Um, Derek said, I don't know the direct quote, but he was like, can you imagine having to tell a five-year-old that, like, the boogeyman is real and he's watching you and stuff, or something like that, and I was like, oh my god, that would be like, you don't want to tell your children that, to grow up being afraid of people, you know, but they're trying to, like, protect their kids, and like, yeah. It's important, I think that that was smart on their move, like, or on their, on them as a parenting move, uh, just because... I think that it's important to, like, tell your kids, hey, you know, there are... I mean, not necessarily making everyone a bad guy, but don't get into strange cars. Don't go to... Like, if you feel uncomfortable, always come to me. You know, like... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't talk to strangers. You know, those are really important things to solidify in your child's mind. And so to tell them, like, that you especially could be in a little bit more danger because there's... We're getting threatened. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't I know. Mean, it's I mean, a hard it's, I think that would situation. Take a, yeah, that would take a lot to, like, have me tell my kid, you know? Yeah. But And I think they only revealed to their kids what was going on after it, like, blew up in the media and they couldn't really hide it anymore because they were yeah. probably going to see it. So They were probably going to find out anyway. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I just, like, that. this is one of the cases where I just, like, I need to know. And it's still unsolved really there's no leads on it or anything and i mean the letter stopped there's nowhere to go with it so wow imagine those people that got that super nice house for that deal for nothing to be happening i know i know and like um, and like four how can four letters cost someone four hundred thousand dollars mm-hmm yeah and, like, it's called the Watcher House now. Like, people know about this case now. So, like, and some, you know, true, some, like, true crime people and, like, investigators and whatever, yeah. like, YouTube people come by, take pictures of the house. Like, I'm at the Watcher House. Like, so you're moving in and maybe the Watcher isn't watching you, but, like, 
true crime people are. Yeah. We're talking about it, but, like, I'm not going to go visit that house. But I drive by it. (laughs) If I'm ever in New Jersey. Yeah. Um... I, I, okay, I shouldn't talk because I definitely did that with the people who live in um, Buckner Mansion in Louisiana, which is where <laughs> they filmed American Horror Story. Right. I stood outside their house, took a picture. So I guess I am one of those people. <laughs> who would do that? Uh, oops, sorry. <laughs> but anyway. Um, and then the only, so there's no updates, but Netflix currently owns the rights to this story. Um, but the film has, like, no, it's kind of sitting in that to-do later. So, look out, and maybe Netflix will make it in the next couple years or something, but, yeah. How is it gonna end? I don't know. You know what? I feel like a film version of this would be... Boring. (laughs) Truly twisted, because... Yeah. I mean, like, twisted, like, the story. Yeah. Because there's no way Hollywood is gonna make a movie that is just about letters with no confrontation. Like Exactly. Uh, they're going to have some There's gotta murder, be a bad guy. like a confrontation, like, th- yeah. yeah. There's no way they'll do this, like, the actual story. No, In my opinion. Not. I don't think, yeah, I don't think so either. Because people would watch this whole movie and be like, that's it, you know? I wonder how they feel about it now, like how the family feels about it now, now that they moved away and, you know, it's yeah. kind of like in their past. I wonder if they're kind of like, wow, this is a really crazy thing that now happened to us. We're gonna have a movie made out of our from our family. Yeah. Or if they just still feel so violated that they're just like, just leave us alone. We're yeah. Just, I'm just. I, I want to move on. I would imagine. I mean, if Netflix has the rights to this story, I mm-hmm. they probably had to get permission from the family. So, I mean, I would assume. I don't really know, but yeah. I don't know. I would probably want to. Put it behind me if it were me, you know. Who but, is this person? Yeah, I feel female. like maybe they're dead at this point because if they were really old and or I yeah. don't know, just like why was it their family? There have been other people living there since and before, and like I no don't know. one else got a letter. Yeah, it was like literally them right before them. they moved out. Yeah, it's so it's so difficult because. I don't think the family would do that to themselves at all. No, I don't think so. But I can see how people would think that. Because why would just they get attacked? Right, yeah. But also, the family wouldn't do that because it costs them $400,000. Yeah. I mean, if this was all a hoax by them, that is extremely elaborate to put yourself through... You, you're paying money for therapy. You're paying two mortgages. You're, like, all to, like, for what? Like, I don't think it was... There's, no, there's no point. In my opinion, there's no way. Like, why you would you... wouldn't even know that that would blow up. Put your young children through that for, what? I don't know, 15 minutes of fame or whatever? Like, I wonder where they moved or, like, what kind of house they bought after. I mean, I'm sure it's not public. Because I know. No one's <laughs> anyone to follow like, them. Um, but I live in the middle of nowhere now. Like, yeah. I well, I'm just trying to think, like... Yeah, where would where would you go after that? Would you buy a house in the woods surrounded by cameras? Right. Yeah, I don't. If I were like them, moving into a new neighborhood mm-hmm. with again new neighbors, I'd every neighbor I'd be like, "What's your story?" Right. Like you know, like I'd I could be suspicious live, the rest of my life. I don't think I could live right next door to strangers anymore. At yeah. that point, I, that's yeah. definitely a life changing and like. I mean, she probably Perfectly still has stor- PTSD. Story. Scary thing. Yeah. And she probably still has PTSD from it. Yeah. I mean, that's not something that just goes away. Right. That's... Wow. That's really yeah, crazy. so that was a extreme stalking, I would say. Yeah. Except it's so weird because it never... Es- like, the letters definitely escalated. What I was mm-hmm. thinking was maybe... Because based off that last one, it almost seemed like he was derailing. Like, he yeah. was just losing his mind it was like planes crashed or she i keep on saying he but i know she um but it just makes me think like maybe maybe they had like schizophrenia or something or like maybe they had like severe bipolar disorder and they were just like when they'd go manic they'd get obsessed with this house because sometimes that happens where yeah and they just create these scenarios and some for some reason just fixated on this or, like, 
maybe like someone with like multiple personalities and one of their personalities like they've created this character yeah. of someone who's like responsible for this house or something right because that's completely no, just in my head there's there's, there's so many psychological there's just it, there's got to be some kind of psychological issues going on yeah but no, <laughs> if so. you're that dedicated yeah. there's something going on with you <laughs> But. And then he's like commenting on all these, all these things, all these ways that they almost like are, were trying to catch him. Mm-hmm. It just makes you think that like he just got like a little hole in the ground, and he peeps up out of like right like, and looks like that he's like yeah. hidden in a ghillie suit. <laughs> just picture him running through a nice neighborhood in a ghillie suit. They'll never see me. <laughs> I am hidden. Why does that remind me of Pat? Um, because he used to run around in a ghillie suit. <laughs> it's my brother, everyone. He literally did. If you don't know what that is, it's basically this suit for hunting. And it's, co- you're like covered in like leaves and camouflage. So you're like not spotted. When you're hunting. Why he did just, he have one? I don't know. Cause he wasn't a hunter. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted it for something. <laughs> he used to just wear it around the lawn. Pat is he traveled from Illinois that's why that's why the letters were so far apart it's because Pat had to travel from (laughs) Illinois in 2014 he was a a senior in high school (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah oh my god (laughs) that's it I figured it out everyone it's Pat oh my god poor Pat I know why do I, I always stick on him we already said he's James Patrick March from the <laughs> episode no I said it because his yeah. middle name's Patrick and everything or yeah James oh my gosh mm. poor Pat I'm, I'm sorry, sorry Pat. Pat okay you're a good person it was just a little weird when you ran around in a ghillie suit <laughs> back in the day you know we got where we were with his series yeah <laughs> <laughs> gonna say well we all do it did weird things growing up so yeah oh anyway okay well that, that was, was ooh. <laughs> that was a very interesting episode yeah um i th- i'm glad that you decided to kind of dial it back a little yeah, bit yeah um, because maybe I'm we'll my- do that we'll do something if there's something that's like pretty pretty awful i'll try and find something to like break that up the next time yeah right i mean and no in no way are stalkers amusing they're actually quite scary no yeah but nobody died no one died and everyone walked away they managed to move on well maybe maybe the watcher died but that's it well yeah but i wouldn't feel sad about that no well Um, i mean if you were okay i shouldn't say that if they're severely mentally ill i hope uh, you found some help yeah yeah maybe they got help yeah all right well anyway on that note, I'm Casey. And I'm Emily. And you just heard a sprinkle of sugar, a dash of murder. <laughs>